Okay, let's talk here. Well, oh, I see something. I see life. Yep, you're 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 breathing on the microphone. Is it working, Mark? It's working. I mean, who knows what's next? But you know, for now, we seem to have a reprieve. I was um, just like kind of whining about the fact that I've been on the other end of right. So we were talking about how we were talking about how social media is uh, a bit of a danger because you go to you know you live somewhere and you you take a trip and you go somewhere and you show up and you've decided that of the twelve friends or people you know or acquaintances or whatever it is you're only going to see two or three because you've got like three nights to stay or two nights to stay and it's really limited and you make a choice and that may not be like the longest friend you've ever had or the one you've seen the most recently or whatever or haven't seen the most recently or whatever you make this choice and then you're like really nervous about them bump it used to be just bumping into them on the street like i hope i'm not going right. to go to the restaurants they like to go to because i'm going to get in trouble if i bump into them and i'm going to be backpedaling but in the case of social media it's like a whole other anxiety right yeah, because they're going to see the picture of you at the brewery or yeah. whatever, you know, yeah. hanging out. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he's hanging out with like so best so. three days yeah. in Atlanta ever. Like he didn't, he hasn't even known him as long as me. Yeah, that he, was, he went and hung out with Gary. Right. Yeah. Gary Gary's, doesn't even like, you know, I don't even know Gary. Gary's, Gary's not that kind cool. of a loser. Yeah, Gary kind of like, Gary wears like socks with Tevas. <laughs> Last time Mark was here, he made fun of Gary. Yeah, he makes fun <laughs> of Gary all the time. So I've been on the other end, though, when, like when I lived in Denver. Yeah. Um, and we had friends come. Uh, we didn't know that yeah. they came until okay. they came. They flew into Denver. Mm-hmm. They drove past our house to the mountains, skied, right. went home, and then posted about their great trip to Colorado, right. showing a picture of them drinking Breckenridge bourbon. Right. And I was like... With like people they don't know. You a-holes. We sat in the hot tub. We met these super cool people in <laughs> yeah. the hot tub. We spent. We ended up having dinner with them. They were great. They were so cool. His name is Gary. You're right. <laughs> we're socks with Tiva. Just, Tiva's just like I do. He had the coolest socks with his Tiva's. I love when you can see this. Because one of the things about socks is... You know, nowadays you can get all these really cool socks, but no one can see them. Gary gamed it. That's he right. realized that the way to do it is to wear the t- And he had Tevas that kind of match the socks. He's got a couple pairs, right. I think. Socks with sandals is the answer. Socks with sandals. Yeah. If you do that, people will hang out with you. That's a that good. don't pa- even know you. Like that would be like a good code word. You know, if you needed to like get into like what's socks the code with sandals. word? Socks with sandals. Right. Because no one's going to guess that. Gary, well, Gary wears socks with sandals. Oh. <laughs> Gary wears <laughs> socks with sandals. You're in. That's right. Get into the club. Yeah, it's know? one of those blind pigs or what, what? What? What's the thing? You know that that hip hip thing for like the last decade or whatever, where people would 
take a perfectly fine bar and put up bookshelves right. and then pretend it was like, you know, a blind pig or whatever. And it's like <laughs> prohibition era bar. Right, like, right, right. It doesn't like, take much. What, however many years after prohibition has ended. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a Cold War thing. Like you see like, yeah. Yeah, this, the answer is the, this, the code word is socks mit sandals. See, no German spy is going to get that one. No, no, definitely. But they would have to use a, a German name. Dieter with Dieter. socks with sandals. <laughs> <laughs> socks mit a flippy shoe. <laughs> no, no. You know, he's, not, you know he's, he's not on your side. <laughs> So the the reason that we're kind of rambling like this because we don't know what to talk about, right? Yeah, I have no Basically. idea what to talk about. Um, you know, I, I did have, um, and I don't want to blow one of the topics that I have no. in my back pocket that I haven't actually done any work on recently. So right. I can start talking about a couple of them, and they're on the tip of my tongue, and I don't want to like go into it and then not have anything to really say. No, I yeah, I definitely have um, some things for our. Um, other podcasts. Yeah, we're gonna talk about some super cool. By the way, if you're listening to this and you're and you're like, this sucks. Scratching your head, wondering <laughs> why you're still listening. You should check out our other podcast called Help Is Not in the Way because we got some really we prepare for that one. I was gonna, you know what? Okay, let's talk about Suez Canal, a ship in the Suez Canal. And there's a greater topic that we're not, uh, I'm not gonna go into yet that we kind of brought up today. But I'm gonna talk about this because it's new. We got the ship in the Suez Canal. It just, it just got dislodged. And can, can we're doesn't does it a little bit scare you that we are once again we are realizing how beholden we are to a single pipe okay so i'm calling a pipe like a pipe as a concept like a pipe as the internet's a pipe right. um etc you know something goes down the whole world comes to a stop yeah i just had this discussion with shelby today or yesterday where we were talking about all the things they were saying were stuck because like yeah. there's no coffee and toilet paper again yeah because all these ships because, they, yes there was going to be a shortage of these things and i was kind of like I w- you know, I understand that the goal of a business is to cut your costs as much as possible yeah. and raise your profits yeah. as much as possible. But it seems like you should also have like plan B. Plan B. Yeah. The, I mean, I think that the plan B is an absolute necessity in life anyway. I mean, if you can't, I mean, I don't, I don't go, I don't go looking for a coffee without a plan B if the place is, cl- you show up and the place is closed. How frustrating is that? Right. And then you end up with an entire ship blocking two lanes of traffic in the Suez Canal and 50 tankers a day or what not tankers but like whatever you know cargo ships a day are stalled out and we're not getting I mean I'm not I mean I don't know when I'm going to be able to get coffee pods and this is a serious I don't actually have a, I don't actually have one but I mean you know right. this is the kind if of problem did. if yeah. you did that would really, be a serious problem I might problem. have to like have my laundry detergent for a week to if you get. were relying on coffee pods and you can't just like make coffee using whatever then yeah you're kind of like well great i have a keurig or whatever yeah and now i cannot get coffee pods but it, you know and um you have an ugly doorstop now now right. you get an ugly doorstop with a cord coming out of the back of it maybe you, keurigs are exceptionally was it, was it ugly the keurigs that people were smashing at a political were they uh, thing i don't I, remember 
they're one of the ugliest things. Yes. Like, like the very fact that they caught on must be because they, they must have been the kind of the first and because there's no reason to buy that thing and put it on your counter. You know, like, I'm just going to be a snob here. Do it. The coffee tastes like crap. Yeah. It it's not like good. No, it's not good. It's like I am lazy. Yeah. And don't want to take the time to actually make coffee. So therefore, I will just stick this little plastic thing and this other plastic right. thing, and I'll push some buttons, and it will just squirt out. And it's out. not cheap. No, it's like, not it's like cheap. They're really ex- the pods are pretty expensive, and there's a lot of waste. Oh, yeah. You're just because... tossing plastic pods all the time. Now, here's the thing I'll say, because I ha- I know some people who I who I, who I I care for deeply who have Keurig machines. So I'm going to give yeah, you, I'm gonna have too. a little bit of a grace. I'm going to give them a little bit of leeway here, just in case yeah, they listen to I'm this. I'm in trouble now. Yeah, you got you got yourself. But I'm going to... I'm going to, this is good, good cop, bad cop right now. I'm good cop on this one, Kevin. Sorry, I'm throwing you this under the bus. This is for my in-laws who have a Keurig at home and Shelby just told them about the podcast and they're like, what the <laughs> hell hey, is wrong with Keurig Kevin? Machine? He's they such talk a about jerk. It. They talk about it on the podcast this week. You should listen. <laughs> the No prep whatsoever. And what they talk about is that they're, it's like, okay, so it is a huge step up if you're used to another, uh, the next tier down. Right of coffee, where you're just sort of like the person who just pours a certain, a, a sort of, a sort of an indeterminate amount of beans right. into a filter, and they really don't know how much. And, and the then water. you just plug the thing, and you push the button, and a bunch of hot water comes from somewhere. Yeah, and just, just yeah. So it, so it does. It is a step up. Right. But even if you love the coffee, and 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 everything is an acquired, everything is a, you know taste taste driven so if you're fine with it right i mean i get it i was being a jerk kind but of they're on purpose. ugly they are ugly they're so hideously ugly like, like there are people out there there are young people older people out there who have gone to design i could design a better looking coffee maker i did not go to design school i've done nothing it, it would just be a little box on a table at, at the very least not with the, the head sticking out and the big bulbous body there and there have been some really really cool coffee makers over the years, and there's yeah. one I think that's even in MoMA, you know, the Museum of Modern Art. Which one's in MoMA? It's like that white. I I can't remember what brand it is, but it's like a white one, mm-hmm. and it's um basically the center. You put the the coffee pot in the center, and each side everything is symmetrical. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, it's really cool looking, mean, but it's not expensive. The problem generally is is that the really cool ones often did not do a good job of making coffee yeah but i mean it really shouldn't be that hard right you have the right amount of beans at the right grind water at the right temperature that goes through the coffee at the right you know pour rate i used to you may you may or may not know this about me kevin but i like a good rant yes generated from myself not not necessarily <laughs> you like, like to hear me. yourself rant yeah I like yeah I like a good rant emanating from me <laughs> that's a, you re listen to the podcast and you just listen to the part where you rant I just fast and forward. then you just crack up I and just go <laughs> genius that guy <laughs> yeah. it's him again love that guy <laughs> I love listening to that guy it's amazing <laughs> no, I like a good I go off on a good rant now and then whether they be good or not that's not the point but they're good they're good I guess therapeutic feel good I had a rant at one point about I bought years and years and years and years ago 20 something years ago a brawn coffee maker and it was a drip mm. coffee maker and um and 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 the reason I bought it and the reason I bought it again twice later was because it had one button it was the on button 
and it was a drip coffee maker, but I couldn't in the in the in the great sort of like tradition of grandpa trying to program the VCR. I would look at these Cuisinarts and all these coffee mates and all the other ones because I was this is a time when I was working and um, I would travel a lot and so we would we I would need a coffee maker with me we'd have coffee makers with us and so or one with us a couple with us and I'd need one that would just be simple I want to wake up in the morning and have a coffee right. and I don't have time for like we didn't miss the pods and all that stuff what didn't really exist then so but you'd wake up in the morning and I would I would every time I would have to get a tutorial on the coffee maker. Right. I'm like, okay, there's there's an on button, but it's not that it doesn't turn on. Like it does something, but that doesn't do it, you know? So I found this brawn coffee maker that had one button. And I went on this quite a few rants about the one button coffee maker. And I really think that if you're gonna go simple coffee, which is really what the cure those are, they're just sizes. How much do you want? Right. It's it's a one button machine. If you wanna get serious, yeah, you're gonna turn knobs and make steam. But I mean what what is the process of making coffee it's like yeah what what i just talked about you have beans in a filter right and you pour hot water in it right that's kind of like that's it yeah every every coffee maker except this brawn is like the windows 12 like like it's, <laughs> right. it's designed by microsoft i don't think there's windows 12 yet but well when there when it exists it's going to be as confusing right. as a co- as a cuisinart coffee it's kind of like the little interface on the hot tub that we have. Yeah. And I was saying to Shelby the other day as I was like, hey, you can adjust the hot tub. She's like, no, you can just do it. I don't, you need even, a book don't even bother. You need it's a, ridiculous. You need a little placard like hanging from a little chain that's been laminated that says, you know, as though as though you're at a, your own house, but it's a rent as though it's like an Airbnb. Here's how you do the hot tub. I did that for our friends that stayed here last summer. Yeah. And you know what happened? They messed it up. Did they mess it up? They they just sent us an email saying it was great to use the hot tub. We just decided to not heat it up because we thought that would be nice because it's warm out. And I was like, it was too confusing. You couldn't right. figure it out. Yeah. You decided not to heat it and up. They lied. But you're yeah, you're trying to be nice. Like, what the heck is wrong? <laughs> it's it is. It's so dumb. And you you use a phone yeah. and you use these apps and it's like there would be like, turn up the hot tub, yeah. turn down the hot tub, mm-hmm. turn it on, turn it off. I, yeah. I mean, but no, you have to like push this button six times and move these things up and down. And then, oh, once you select the temperature, now you got to push this four times until you yeah. get to this other thing. Then push the yep. temperature buttons again to select whether to save that temperature. You just select, well, of course I want that temperature. That's why I chose it. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any sense. It's, 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 um, <clears throat> It's feature. It's the con. It's the. It's the. Um. It's the sort of like the. Uh, what. What I. What I use the, the product version of or concept that, features, create like equate to value and, upgrades, so it's like, this works perfectly. I like it. It's doing it. It doesn't do too much. It doesn't do too little. It's right here. But then they want another version. The version two needs to come out. So they have to add, you know, a cup, a, a cup holder. Right. Well, I didn't need a couple. I mean, yes, it's nice to have the cup holder, but I was kind of cool with the one without the cup holder. Yeah, but we can't like market it to a, there's no excuse to remarket it. Right. If we don't have a new cup holder and there's no excuse to add another $3.99 to the price if we don't add a cup holder. Great. Now I have a, I have a PC, a laptop with a cup holder. Great. That's great. Okay. I don't really need the cup holder, but whatever. 
And next thing you know, because they're 12 versions in and they're always trying to surprise you and ex- make excuses for why they exist. The cup holder doesn't hold anything that you have anymore yeah. because they upgraded it and the cup, they decided that the new cup size should be, you know, yes. th- two inches ounce. smaller in diameter yeah. and all your cups don't fit in the cup holder They've anymore. done, they've gone out, they've had, they've had like a market research thing and they realized that like a fair amount of their... You know, users like go to Seven Eleven and get fifty-two ounce, you know, you know, whatever Mountain Dews, and so they have to have a cup holder that can can, can size up to the most massive size and size down. So right. now you've got a whole mechanism that has to do this. What the other thing they would do is move the cup holder between mm-hmm. each version so that you couldn't find it. Because, right. right. Yeah. Move the cup holder. What was the cup holder? It was over here. Am I right? right? Now it's on the top. I keep the back. dropping my cup over here, and it just falls on the floor. And I'm like, I'm looking around for the cup holder. And my my cup is really hot, and I need to put it down. But the cup holder's gone. Yeah. Can't and now find... it's spilling on my. That's the other thing is what you had this whole conversation about the whole car thing where you you know you had like a Nissan or a Subaru, and they and the guy goes, oh, between '98 and and 2000. And yeah. we know 2010. We had bad, bad head gaskets. Bad head, really? Like they didn't figure this out? For like, like 12 years, they had bad head making gaskets. Cup, moving the cup holder around. Right. <laughs> like the, the old head gasket worked, but we decided to make it better by making it way worse. Right. <laughs> so there's a fee, So I have a Nest um, mm, thermostat. thermostat. Yeah. Now, don't. There are probably master Nest thermostat users who've really put in the hours to figure this thing out. Which you shouldn't have to do, by the way. No, no, you don't for need, sure. I don't need to know that Nest like knows my breakfast is ready or something like that. Yeah, at this point. no. Like, but this is kind of the thing. So it has this day-to-day timer. So you can, and it's and it, it's obviously really smart that way. You can go into the app and you can have front Friday, you know, I mean like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way through the week, and you can set okay at you know seven a.m. I want the heat to go up to sixty-eight, and at 10 p.m. I want it to drop down to 56, and this is going to be my like thing, you know. And these days I want it to be a little. We wake up earlier on this day, and we don't on that day. But the, here's the thing: they have a copy feature, so I can hold down the day, and I can copy the day. This is copy, but I can't paste the day on the <laughs> next day. I can copy it. It's copied. We're good. I got this thing. It's in my pocket, in my little sort of virtual pocket, ready to go. You just can't do anything with Nowhere. it? Nowhere. Yeah, exactly. It can do all these things that I just can't imagine a human being that doesn't have some sort of complex, that doesn't dedicate a significant portion to their day. I I think that this is a major, major cause of anxiety for our parents' generation. It's Me? the reason for ours. It's I think. the reason Donald Trump is president. It's because of he w- wait, Kevin. I I know. I'm, <laughs> it's, it's wait a 20, second, Kevin. Twenty-seven steps later, I'll wait, tell you it, why. It's not the day after. It's not. It's not. It's not February 29th when it's, he's going to become it's president. The again, reason is it? Donald Trump was he's going to, according to Q. He will be president. I think he might already be president. You're right. Yeah. He's he, running it behind He Biden. is president. That's right. And JFK is working with him. That's right. Which is very odd because they all hated JFK, but now he's a superhero along with Donald Trump. Oh, but anyway, yeah. I'm not going there right now. Okay. I'm, I we'll just started this. I just, I just started us down the wrong path. But I wanted to talk about usability. Because I work in the industry with software. Totally And important. it's a huge thing. It's huge. User experience. So... I remember I worked at this software startup 
and we talked about usability all the time and we got a new microwave and I went in to microwave a meal and there were no buttons on the microwave. And I was like, what the heck do I, I don't, what do you do? There's no, there's no buttons. There's not a start button. There's nothing. We all like stared at it and looked around. Finally, someone opened the door, and the buttons are inside Why the microwave. Why would you want the buttons on? Why the would you put the buttons inside the microwave? The microwave? Right, They're so ugly. You know, just having a big metal box on your countertop is so much more pleasant without having to have numbers on it. Right, and so we were just we stayed at the lodge. You know, I I, I won that. Yeah, by my ability to play ability. second out of two. Okay, let's take this in a, in a ski race. Yeah. I, uh, well, okay. Impressive. It's not, it's not even because I got second out of two. I just happened that they drew my name and I won uh, yeah. a night stay at Your B. The, the local the lodge. First guy's here. last name started with an A. So we went and stayed there and it had a microwave. And so in the morning, we were going to go skiing. And so we were like, let's just heat up some oatmeal or something. Yeah. Except it's kind of dark where the microwave is. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm pushing the button that should be the start button and nothing is happening Mm. because they've reversed the usual placement of the clear button and the start button. Like, so everybody starts on the right. Yes. They've reversed it. Yes. So I'm pushing the clear button over and over and over. And so of course nothing is happening. I have to like turn the flashlight on my phone on and shine it at the, like, why? I, I, I understand that maybe you're like, you know, I have a better idea, but as as a consumer, as a user of a microwave, I want to tell any microwave designers, I don't care. It's like, a bell and whistle. They've, yes. They've, they've, you might as well put the gas pedal on the other side of the rental car. It's kind of like deciding that in, you don't like that an, a light switch goes on by flipping it up. And so you reverse them all. Yeah. Because it's your it feature. just makes more sense to me. Yeah. It's and your- then everybody comes in your house and they're like, I can't figure out why the light is turned on, but it's off. It's a meeting. There's a meeting out. There's a there's a there's a boardroom meeting, and probably like thirty of them came to this conclusion. And somebody there once went, "Well, what about if we reverse the buttons?" And someone goes, "Like, we we need a new feature, guys. We right. gotta come up with something. This is the meeting. The big guy wants some something something to dazzle him." Believe me, once users start well, playing like with this, when you close the door, I mean, your hand's already there, so you go right closest to the closest button. Right. Why would you have to reach another inch and a half over to push the start? Because it's the closest to where you close the door. See what I'm saying? That's like a lot of microwaves. Here, like this is something. Obviously, I my plate as they. I I don't know if it's a Chinese saying, but my plate is too full. Yeah, I'm ranting about a mi- about microwave design user experience on a microwave but the ones where you go to push you want you're like i want 15 seconds i push yeah. one and five and then i push start and nothing happens and i'm like i don't get and it's like oh you have to do time set one five all start that, all what? that why it's why like, it's like the old websites where you have to start with a splash page then you have to yeah. do it this and you have to do it that and then and then of course a lot for a little while ago people started just doing a sort of a blog and you can just really just run through right it. and it's like that's all i really want i don't really want the magical this isn't art people do you I, remember i want to be i want to say oh that's a cool picture of kendrick kendrick lamar on the front and i just want to get I want to find out when he's going to be in town. That's right. all I care. What the new album is. It's all I care do, about. Do you remember when when Flash was the huge thing and everyone yeah. had a splash page? Radiohead. We're like the worst at it, and, and they're the best. And do you remember that 
after a while they started putting a skip button. Yeah. That, that's an indication that nobody wants nobody to, wants to right? do this. the skip button. Exactly. That's what you get on YouTube when, and they force you to watch at least four seconds. Of it. Right. They're like, so skip I, and, you're, and you're clicking it because right. they, because fortunately they haven't, like if you click the skip button button, they don't, you don't like, end up at the, ad. at the ad, <laughs> the ad. So you can actually just go tick, 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 tick. Oh, great. Mark. Oh man. I blew our sponsorship. Yeah. Well, no, oh, not man. No, you've just, you've just made it. So from now on, I'm going to end up at the advertiser. Did I? Yeah, they're gonna they're change gonna, it. They're gonna hear this because so many people listen that uh, Google is now going to change and make the skip button go straight to the advertiser until it gets to skip. Like five, to... four, three. You're you can't click on it now. I think that I think we need to get. I'm just gonna throw this out there, Kevin. This is some power in your hands here. I think that you need to have a like a mute button for me on your side of the That's desk. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> just just your own. Maybe it's like a big red we plunger should, button. We should probably each have that to mute the other one. It's like Kevin's talking about <laughs> microwaves again. <laughs> Bam! But it should be like a big... You actually have to slam it down like one of those game shows. You actually have to slam yes. it down to shut the other person down so they know that they're sort of being punished. It is, you know what, that, that reminds me. Um, and it goes into a little penalty box. Like you guys right. can't talk for 10 seconds. The giant oh, man, glass container comes Kevin down. gets all the, Kevin gets to say all the stuff. Right. I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to throw them against the boards again. I'm not going to put the stick up so high. <laughs> it, that, talking about those red buttons like that really reminds me. It's, it's really funny that you mentioned like the big red button for a game show. Because when we're, so we don't have cable at our house. Yeah, no. Like we can stream stuff and that's it. Sure. So Alexander has never experienced normal television. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were at the lodge and he was watching Jeopardy. Oh my gosh. The Price is Right. And um, I'm trying to remember the other one that he was watching. But anyway, it was like, he was so, he was just like, this is, I don't turn it off yet, Dad. Yeah, I bet Do we have to amazing. go skiing now? I'm like, dude, it's snowing. It's a powder day, <laughs> and you want to watch The Price TV. is Right? What's What's also amazing is that we have a whole generation of young people growing up that don't that that haven't experienced the schizophrenia of a TV commercial break. Right. And I mean it because go you're talking the about the, the whole compression rate, where all of a sudden the show you're watching at normal val- normal volume just gets compressed, the, the commercials come oh, on, right. and they're blasting. And that's just compression, people. Like, there's actually limiters yeah. on the actual volume. But what they've done is they've done the compression. They've adjusted they, everything yeah, they up cut, to the maximum. Yeah, they cut the peaks off, and then they bring everything up to the volume. Right. So you're, instead you're watching, you're listening all mid-range at full, at like, at the normal volume, which sounds like you've doubled the volume. Um And these the, the, they haven't experienced this. No. And it's a marvel to them. They And... When my kids have looked at it, when they've seen commercials, well, it, it's funny because it's usually when we're visiting family, and it's it's they, I we don't have cable. We never I've never had cable um, in my life. Like I've never paid for cable um, in hotel rooms. And what I find myself doing is just like constantly rotating through. Yes, nothing to watch, nothing to watch. And I'll do that for for an hour and a half. Then I'll just be like, I'm tired. I'm gonna go to sleep. But the kids, they turn on something and they're watching it, and then the commercials kick in. And at first it was a novelty. I remember they were like, whoa. And then you realize that it's A, it's disruptive and it's not that fun. And then B, you know, you start to zone out and and B, it's like all kind of like, have you noticed that it's pretty much all like sort of like, I don't know, 
erectile dysfunction medications and bowel obstruction medications and it's it's all so much of it is geared towards older people who I think are the only people watching this stuff. Yes, the only people still consuming television yeah. commercials, right? It's it's all AARP stuff and some sort of insurance or how to like whatever do a reverse mortgage on your house. It it is really funny because Alexander when he does see one of those commercials, it's so fascinating to him yeah. that he has to act it out like every day wow. for like a week. He's like, Nationwide is on your side. <laughs> and he's like, but they're not really, are they, Dad? Not really on my <laughs> side, like, yeah. No, no, they're definitely they're not. not. <laughs> yeah, they want your money. Right. Yeah. So it's like... They're on your side while you're writing the check, but as soon as you hand it over, right. they're on their side again. If you call them and you're like, um, my house burned down. They're like, you might not want to file a claim because if you do, we might drop you. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but my house burned down and that's why I have insurance. Yeah. Well, yeah. you might want but to think it, twice about was that. Was it raining while it burned down? Right. No. We only cover if it if it's raining while right. it burns down. Yeah. Were you smoking cigarettes? No. Oh, that's too bad. It if was, you were smoking cigarettes, we would have covered We would have covered <laughs> that because we cover people who smoke cigarettes. Right. But not for life insurance. That's or, right. Yeah. Or health insurance. <laughs> were you in the bath? Do you ever remember going to hotel rooms when you were a kid and you'd have like the cigarette burns on the edge of the bathtub? Oh my gosh, yes. Do you remember like that? They melted the the like plastic bathtub. Or yeah, they, you could just tell someone just sat there in the bathtub smoking a cigarette and would just set it on the flat. I wonder if they never. It took them. I don't know if they ever realized that they couldn't make a flat edge of a bathtub. Because people would just put their cigarettes and you get these cigarette burn lines. Right. Yeah, it, it's funny you, you bring that up because what, what popped into my head is when when Shelby and I first moved to Denver. Yeah. And uh, we were moving there for a job and we had like four days to drive with all our stuff to Denver, unload it into some storage unit, and then uh, start the job. Yeah. And so we had to stay in a hotel. Mm-hmm. We ended up in, uh, I can't remember. It was one of those like extended stay America oh, or yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, people stay for like 30 days or something. Oh, the people there were living there permanently. Yeah, okay. And when we looked online, it really looked nice. It reminded me of that video that we went over a while ago about living in a caravan yeah. in yeah. the UK or whatever. Sure, and yeah, yeah, yeah. People were like dressed in their smoking suit and tending their yeah, gardens and everything. I listened to that episode today, British Paith, the whole, yes. yeah, it was great, beautiful colors. And and of 50s. course, in this country, that's not typically how mobile home living is, no. right? No. And so we showed up at this extended stay or whatever it was, and um, we were kind of like, oh, Shit. Uh-huh. The, like, um, we better find a place to live in real fast because this, this looks bad. Yeah. And it was, um, I remember the bathroom in particular was one where you you were like, is this where they make meth? Because oh, this right. looks really bad. And the yeah. tile was bulging off the wall. Yeah. And you're like, I don't even want to look behind there because I know it's just mold. It's toxic uh, mold. Black mold. So you're like trying to shower without touching anything. Yeah. You know, you don't want to touch any walls. Oh, yeah. You're afraid a tile might fall you off. You sleep in a sleeping bag on top of the sheets yes. kind of place. Yes. And and um, it was so hot. Oh, my gosh. It was it was awful. Those places are, I mean, and, and, and what's really sad about that is, um, I'm going to look up a, 
So a movie came out in 2017, and I'm, I'm only um, – pulling it up because i can't remember who yeah okay it was written and i think and directed by this guy sean baker he's really talented incredibly talented it's a movie called the florida project or still on topic but a little bit of a left turn here um and willem dafoe is in the film and there's a female uh, lead who's absolutely amazing i don't know her name what's the movie called it's called the florida project you haven't seen it it's really it's drama i mean it's it's a heavy movie in many ways but this woman um uh she her name is is this her bria yes um bria uh she's 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 excellent and it's really it's about people who it's about uh, people who are literally living day to day and they rent hotel rooms basically by the week or maybe by the even by the day and but these are long-term sort of like very inexpensive cheap hotel rooms they can't necessarily afford it tomorrow night they're not supposed to stay this long but they do it's a it's a really great film about this because you know what you're talking about is clearly that kind of hotel will be for people who for a spectrum of people right and and that the people next to us had plants out on the balcony they were not going anywhere yeah anytime soon i mean you don't you don't bring plants to your hotel room yeah no you don't yeah i mean it's just it was like this person lives here which was odd to me because it doesn't seem like hotels are cheaper than something else but what i realized and i and i read about in in uh, colfax in denver the longest wickedest street in America, oh yeah according i know to colfax Playboy well the royal whatever. host i stayed there when i was, saw Susie and the banshees back in maybe like Susie and the banshees 91 awesome. and uh, yeah i know so the... colfax was full of those kinds of hotels yeah. like motor inns and it was yep. it was uh and so many of them are super cool i've got just gone and yeah. photographed some of them because it's really cool there's the big it was called it was called the bugs Bu- bugs bunny i don't know it they had to change it to bigs bunny because <laughs> they got a cease and desist. Plus, there's bed bugs bunny. Right. Maybe yeah. there's any sort of connotation. Bed bugs bunny. But, you know, so I wondered, like, how do people do this? So what, what it turns out, though, is if you have really, really bad credit. Right. Even though it's more expensive to stay in a hotel, yes. you can't you get can't. a long-term yeah. rental because yeah. nobody will rent right. to you. Exactly. Um, which is, it's crazy. So well, same, it's the, che- it's the idea of the check cashing place too. Yes. It's, it's, it's that vicious cycle. Yeah. That it's low like income people can you can't into. get a loan from a place that will charge you right. 8%. Mm-hmm. So we'll charge you 28%, yeah. but we'll do it. And you can't necessarily keep a bank account at right. a certain level. So you don't get charged 10 bucks a day or whatever it is. Yeah. You know? So you can't have a bank account. So you can't have a bank account. So you have to go to a check cashing place, which charges you, which, which, you know, goes after you for a huge expense to cash this check and you don't have a consistent income. And so you're constantly trying to like, I mean, it's that whole behind the eight ball living that, I mean, unfortunately a huge amount of people oh, yeah. existed and this movie follows those people and it's really well made, but it's, it's true. It's, it's a vicious cycle. So I want to watch this now and it, and it reminds me of another movie. Have you seen uh, Nomadland yet? I'm halfway through it. Okay. Halfway through, I started watching it uh night before last Sunday night. Today's Tuesday. No, today's Monday. So let's talk about the first half. It's it's great. I mean, so Chloe Zhao, I have been a fan of hers, having never seen one of her movies. Did you read the book? I want to read the book. I I'd heard about the book before the movie came out, but I never read it. And now I'm thinking I should read the book. No, but oddly, I became a huge fan of hers off of the trailer for The Rider, which is her, I don't know if it's her first film. It's, it's I think it's her first like sort of like 
like wider release. It was still limited release, but um, because she, you know, she's so she's she. I think she's born in. I'm, I could be a little bit off here. I should look her up before I swear to all of this. But like, because um, I, I remember reading her biography maybe about three years ago when the writer came out. She is born in China, educated in China, but I think came to New York. She's literally one of those human beings that. Thank goodness for her. And Sean Baker, by the way, who did Florida Project, is a similar person. They are born to tell stories through film. And and many people are, you know, great, huge film. Spielberg, they are too. But this, these are more like deep, deep human interest stories. And I, 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 her name is Chloe. And I think her last name is spelled Z-H-A-O, Zhao. Uh, forgive me if I'm pronouncing it wrong. She made a film called The Rider. And one of her... Uh, and, it, and it was acclaimed and, and, and an excellent film. But one of her great talents is in one of the th- ways she's been able to make films and keep them inexpensive. She finds great stories, but she also finds, you know, stars non-actors. So The Rider is a film about a, a, um, uh, a rodeo rider who gets trampled by his horse, gets something of a brain injury so bad he's almost killed and can't ride again although it's his passion he's quite young and sort of becomes a bit of a horse whisperer and the guy who plays the main actor is the guy that the story is based on wow and his father's in it there's there so so there are no professional actors in the film and and as i understand it i think nomadland is the first movie she ever made with a professional actor Frances McDormand, and Frances McDormand, as I recall, was apprehensive about taking the film, although she loves her as a director, because there was a conversation that I'm going to be the only actual actor in this film, and do you want to change your style as a director for that purpose, you know, with to, to do that, you know, that's a whole conversation about people who are truly embedded in their art, and Frances McDormand is a bit embedded in her art, and she... Uh, the, the this the character she plays is so necessary for someone as good as she is. You can you can find a natural talent like that. There's Beasts of the Southern Wild, which has some amazing local talent in in it, new talent in that film. But in Nomadland, gosh, finding someone as incredible as Frances McDormand to play the lead, but it would have been tough. It w- it was um. Now, what did you think about? Was the movie? uplifting was it depressing again i haven't seen the end what i i'm i think it's i mean it's beautiful it's human what i one of the things i love about it is the amount of air and space that's in it there's there's breathing room this is a funny thing i actually told um ingrid about this yesterday i was we watched half that film and then i you know, she went home and I went to, I was headed to bed and I was taking ibuprofen before I went to bed and I dropped it and it fell under like my clawfoot tub in my bedroom, you know, and I, and I'm on my hands and knees at like 1030 at night, 11 o'clock at night. And I'm kind of feeling around for this ibuprofen and I find it. And I'm thinking to myself, this is this kind of thing that Chloe Zhao would have put in her film like a moment like this there's no real purpose to it 
but it's just a real thing that happens to real human beings. And it's a vulner it's vulnerable. It leaves space. You know, it's not just action point to action point or drama point to drama point. It's this sort of like, it's a pacing thing. And it was really funny because I, I do feel that that's one of the great things about Nomadland and what I've seen of it so far, which is, by the way, I have kids, you have kids. I, I can't watch a whole whole movie through in one 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 sitting it's almost impossible impossible. it took us two nights to watch it because yeah two is great three is three is you normal four sometimes two is a success and it's a great film so far and um so you you haven't gotten to uh i'm not going to talk about this guy bob too much but um oh he's 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 an actor cheap rv living guy i mean he's he's not really an actor but he was I mean, he and he's not the only one who is a real person who is not an actor, or, you know, who I was impressed with the their what they were able to do in this film. I, I, I should say she there is another actor in the film that I know is an actor. Now, I can't say that she has only non-actors in this particular film, because now I think about it. She does go to a sort of like a trading post in the middle of. The, the sort of the the um the 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 sort of like camp area they're in right and I think it's this guy and I looked at him up here and now Dra- David Straytharn I think he is yeah it's him he's a great actor so sh- so there is another actor in it and he is a great actor he was in Good Night and Good Luck he's in L.A. Confidential way back when he's in Lincoln he's in several actor- so, several films so he and he's very very talented so yes there is there are other actors in this right and. Uh, so it's it's good that I realized that. And the reason I asked about what you thought about the the movie um, was, you know, like, so Shelby and I lived in, and Alexander lived in our van for like four months. Yeah. A couple of years ago, before the pandemic. Yeah. And we were more along the lines of the van life crowd. Yeah. You know, people who obviously chose yeah. the life. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these people... Either they, quote, chose it because it was the only way that was going to actually make their retirement yeah, last or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were the only way to stay financially solvent. Or they were just kind of like, I I don't have a choice. I lost everything yeah. and I have to live in a van or whatever. And and I think they did a pretty good job. Like when you, you saw them camping in different places, you saw all sorts of things. Yeah. People with a tent. People with like a fifth wheel, you know, super duper yep. sweet camper that probably costs as much as my house. It's a come as you are kind yeah. of, yeah. Which which was super cool to see that it was pre- pretty realistic. But what Shelby and I kind of felt at the end of it was more kind of like down than up. Yeah. And I know a lot of people said it was very uplifting to them. And I was like... I don't know. I mean, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Mm. I thought it was really well done. But the problem is, is that I feel like um, I've just seen enough of the reality of how people have to make ends meet in this country for me to find that living in a van so you can make ends meet to be uplifting. It's a, you know, it's it's a really tough I get what you're saying because we go to films, we we look at film for an escape, right? Right. And and but therein lies the great question of the art. Like if yeah. you end it if you if you're 
if you're capable, if it's if it's not a documentary, if you're able to choose the, you're writing it and you're directing it, and you get to choose the ending. You know, does she move into? Does she meet the man of her? Is it a Disney ending that? Well, you know, and I'm not. I'm obviously going to extreme, but I'm just saying, like, but let's be honest, like that's not the way life is, right? And and so there are people again, like like Chloe Zhao, who um, who are mirrors for actual the actual human condition. And then there are, I mean, and I'm not, I'm actually not judging either. I'm sort of saying there's, there's got to be room for both to exist because then there are other Spielbergs, not all of his Spielbergs movies end, end you know, so right. positively, but for the most part. Yeah. And then there are those who, there's the Disney's of the world where everything has to end on an up note and we all have to walk out of this theater feeling good about ourselves, you know? Yeah. And, and I tend to be one of the ones who are, that I'm usually like, ugh. That yeah. person should have died. Oh, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. people are like, that's depressing. I'm like, but that would have made it amazing. Right, it right. would have been a great movie. Yeah. And now I'm just kind of like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You end but, up with the. Yeah. You you kind of end up with like the, the you know, you. So we started watching because we had the kids with us. We started watching that movie Seabiscuit last night. Oh, right. Yeah. I've seen it before yeah. a long time ago. It's okay. Truthfully, it's kind of, it's pretty soft. Um it's it's it, there are some there are some kind of especially if you're young my our, our kids are watching it it's there's some fight scenes that are kind of harsh to look at i mean not damaging but kind of right. harsh but you know everything's you can kind of tell like everything's going to work out for all these yeah. we're all coming to a, a, a sort of a, like like a pinnacle where we're all going to be fine we're going right. to we're going to channel into this stream and we're going to have our difficulties we're all going to be okay and that's a great thing cuz you know we are going to be all right. right. You know, it, it's, it's going to be all right. And we have to sort of tell ourselves and our and, people this. And, but, and, and with um, Nomadland, like I'm not criticizing no, no, I by any it. means. I, although maybe I'm criticizing the U.S. Yes. In our well, right, there inability to be compassionate and empathetic right. to other. Like anytime that you can decide that the reason somebody else doesn't have what you have is because they're lazy right. or they didn't work as hard. Maybe, maybe they should have made better choices well, in life. Or if you have, you know, let's, let's talk Elon Musk. We've mentioned him a couple times in this podcast. Bezos. There's a, there are tens of thousands of people well below them that are living, that have more money in their bank account or investment portfolio, whatever, then they, their grandchildren, their grandchildren, and their grand- grandchildren, and grandchildren could ever do anything like could li- could ever go through in their right. whole lives. Um, and they have a twenty three thousand square foot house that they with rooms they've never been in. Right. And there are people. And Living. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying. Never would I say that you should give it all away. That you don't deserve it. That you haven't worked hard for it. If you have, and I hope you have, or you, or even if you're just lucky, right. good for you. Yeah. If you're enjoying it and you're respectful to humanity and you're, you know, Hey, if I had tons of money, I'd be enjoying it. I'd try to be, but yes, there is a severe gap in the reality in, in like the sort of the mental reality that says, and I'm picking on Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, but you could give away half of your money because you messed around and got divorced and still be the second richest person in the world. <laughs> yeah. Which, hey, yeah. good for you. Sure. You're kind of nuts. You're Lex Luthor, but you came up with a good concept and you're and you're and we need you. We kind of right. using you every day. But 
let's think bigger picture here. How much of this can you hold on to? How much do you really, really, really need? Even if you're spending a million a day, two, four million a day. And, and I, you know, like if you're going to be, it would be awesome. This is my thinking. It's, it would be awesome for people to be wildly successful in saving the human race. Oh gosh, yes. As opposed to getting Saving. me toilet paper faster yeah. and cheaper. Yeah. Cuz like, you know what? I mean, it's great. Now Jeff Bezos is dedicating, I don't know, 10 billion dollars mm-hmm. to the environment. It's like I don't even want to talk about what kind of environmental destruction and global warming occurred yeah. because of Amazon. The irony of calling it Amazon and then mowing down right, Amazon. Yeah, mowing down. Not him necessarily, but right. the concept of so, capitalism. Uh, you know, and 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 I guess it's it's just hard. I I always have a problem with philanthropy because it's usually after you've abused your position to make yourself filthy rich. Yeah, that you then decide you Set should do something for the little people. Yeah, it's like well they wouldn't be little people if you didn't like step on their faces. Right, you know on the way up to Sorry the top. Sorry about your face. Right, you know. But here's some you know like yeah. Can you get get back to the widgets? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can make themselves. I think, I think you're right. I think that it's a, it's a human, it's a human problem that we, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, we, we would have to have a paradigm shift that'll never happen, but we have a perspective that, and, and really, I think I don't, I don't, I guess I can't really blame humans because I think it's actually, I think it's ingrained in us at, from evolution is that more, for yourself better. is better instead of more for all or and I'm not and I'm, I'm not trying to sound all, sound communist here I'm not trying to sound com- or socialist or go too far in one direction what I'm trying to say is if is that if you have if I if I had the money to if I, if I was a billionaire if I was if I was a coalition of billionaires me Bill Gates a couple of other these people it comes down to one thing for me, mental health. We've talked about mental health a lot in this yeah. program. Um, because it, if you're homeless on the street, there, there could be a lot of reasons, right? Sure. There could be so many reasons. And that's fine. Somewhere in the chain of, I think, a great many of them is mental health. Oh, yeah. Whether it be yours, someone you were with, someone in your family, yourself. Now, yes, there are other reasons people are struggling, there are other problems, but when you think about economy, because this is something that I've, I've thought of this for a long time, like it was, it's pretty illuminating and it sounds like I'm jumping around here, but I don't, but I'm not when you, when you hear me out that major sports suddenly realize that women like sports. I don't know if I brought this up before on the topic, like on the podcast, do. Like, where they go like women like it too. Wait, women spend money. Let's. Let's get women involved in the and you know in like commentators in the NFL and all this and 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 you know the same thing with gay people the same thing with and once you realize that these people if you instead you you have uh, Mitt Romney saying and in the, whatever the presidential race 2016 I think it was getting caught on tape saying that um you know X amount of the population is 47 percent. Yeah, is a bunch of freeloaders. Is a bunch of freeloaders, and they're not they're not they're not paying taxes, whatever. And it's like, yeah. you know, here's the thing about that though, old Mitt. The problem isn't that forty seven percent of the population is not paying taxes. The problem is we're not 
lifting the 47% up out of poverty. So they can right. pay taxes. Because most of them aren't sitting around going, this is awesome. Right. I'm yeah. living in this hellhole of an apartment. I've got bed bugs and cockroaches. But, but I don't pay taxes. I ain't paying taxes, <laughs> baby. Woo! That's not what they're thinking. So if you look at, and, and I th- I've, I've thought for a long time about the African-American population and how for so long that population has been, population has been kept down. Well, what is the African-American, and, if, and I'm not, by no means am I trying to speak of any of these people as purely dollar signs and taxpayers, but at the very least, if you're going to snub your nose at them, which certain members of your and my family with certain blinders on may very well do, then at least snub your nose at somebody because they're choosing to be like this right. rather than the fact that they have not got the, have never been given the option to be yeah. lifted up. It's, it's easy though for somebody, and, and I've seen this in my own family, yes. to say mm-hmm. things like, um, so in, let me, let me just tell a little bit about Detroit. <laughs> not, not that I'm a Detroit expert, mm-hmm. but I've spent a lot of time there. I have talked about it. I've written about it. I photographed it. And, you know, there was what they called white flight, which yes. was the wealthy white people, mm-hmm. not, not even just wealthy, but wealthy enough that you could get out of town, ta- out of Detroit, move somewhere else. Yeah. What, what was left behind were people who were like, I can't right. move somewhere because unless somebody buys my house right. for enough money, I can't move to that suburb. Yes. I like my house is declining in value. It's kind of what we talked about in that in a podcast a, a while ago. We brought it up tonight. The mobile home thing. Yes. Suddenly your your depreciation is greater than what you put into it and you can't go. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. If you can't get money out of it, you're stuck. Yes. And so a lot of people were left behind. And so what... What I would always hear is, why don't those people, if they don't like it, why don't they fix Ugh. it themselves? And I'm like, did you fix it? No, right. I left. Well. Then maybe you don't really have a dog in this fight. You don't really have a voice in this conversation. Don't you think they would have left too? Yeah. I mean, this is the whole thing. It's like, like standing on the, ra- leaning against the rail of the rescue ship. Watching all the people swimming away from the sinking ship that's sucking them down right. in a vortex. Going like, they should have just left. Right. They should be swimming. But you realize there's a vortex that's sucking them and down. the water's 42 you? degrees. You got out with the first class deck because your deck was on top. Right, yeah. You were the first people to the boats. They had to go up three flights of stairs to get to the boats. And by then, most of them had sailed away. Mm-hmm. You think they really wanted to wait? They didn't want to wait. They want to be you. And and we we hear that about the, do you remember the um, the army? That was walking from like uh, Central America a couple of years ago. No, I'm the people. You know, they were carrying like the one bottle of water and a yes. sweatshirt on their shoulders. Yeah, yeah. They were they, got, they, they were sort of invading going in group to try to like move en masse to sort of be left alone or right. better protected. And the, but according to a certain political demographic in this country, they were an invading army coming to invade the United States. Don't yeah. you? Carrying carrying a baby and maybe, you know, like a sack of food and it's, a bottle of water. But what I would hear is, again, why don't they fix their own country? I'm like, 
do you know who screwed up their country? Right. Yeah. All <laughs> over did. North. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, we, yeah, Iran we picked scandal. a dictator. Yeah, these things are did this sort of stuff. We picked a dictator and propped them up. Right. We, over, we helped them overthrow yes. a democratically elected uh, government. Right. Put, propped up a dictator who then destroyed these people's lives. And then they fled to America and were like, no, no, no. Why don't you go back home, go back home and, and fix it yourself? Oh, and, and by the way, and we armed armed the people who right. were shooting them. Right. Yeah. yeah the maybe streets. maybe you could use your rocks. Right. To fight against the guys with um, rocket launchers and uh, M16s. And but it's it's a bizarre it's a bizarre paradox to consider the fact that cause so 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 not all societies I say societies in the modern sense like like the all that are existing today are have progressed equally in in sort of like the into the you we still have the third world for instance we're the first world right if you got a third world then someone's behind they're not there yet right right well we weren't there yet either at some point yeah. we weren't there yet you know 150 years ago we weren't there yet during the civil war we weren't there yet before that but we are here now and we're still screwing it up yeah that's the thing is it's like you've got these people and yes it's horrible what's happening in you know, parts of Mexico, it's horrible. It's happening in parts of El Salvador, other places like that. Nicaragua that's terrible. And... It's a certain type of intense violence that's 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 scary for everybody and awful. And we see things in Afghanistan and other places. But look at your own country. There's an amazing book um, called The World's Most Dangerous Places. It was released, this guy Pennington, I'm not going to get his name right. There were three people who wrote it, that wrote into it. There's one guy, they, so they started this, they started this whole, like it was, it was, it's a travel book for the world's most dangerous places. They would tell you how to get in and out of Iran, how to get in and out of Afghanistan in like 1992. Um, they had this um, travel website, Robert Pelton. Robert Pelton. It's in, it's amazing. The book's incredible. So you read about it, and they'll talk these stories about being being guided through. Um, uh, you know, a, a sort of like very extremist Muslim part of a, a, like part of a Muslim country. And, you know, one, someone, some guy with a gun decides with a little local militia decides that they're going to shoot one of the guy, one of the travelers, because it's, it's sort of written by three contributors, I think it was, because the hairs on his arm are brushed the wrong, they're not sort of brushed down towards his, his hand they seem sort of brushed the wrong way so he they assume that he hasn't washed today which he must do because that's sort of like god's will and it's part of the blah 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 and his interpreter begs them off don't kill him no he has done everything he's this guy but instead they kill the interpreter to sort of prove a point that's the kind of places these people go one of the entries of this, in this book at this time, and, and, and it's well worth reading for anyone who can find an old copy of it. I, I doubt it's still up, but I, I'm sure there's probably some, some trails of it still on the internet, some websites. It looks like you could order it on Amazon. Yeah. Um, one, of the, um, one of the entries, and when you read it, it's extremely scary to read, is America. When you read the statistics of America, if you just put it on paper and don't put the name, because we live here and we know what it's like, right. you would go, I'm not going there. 
4,000 people a year are killed by gun violence? No way am I going there. 700 people in Chicago, the, year, the last year I lived there, years ago, and it's just almost as bad now. Who would, who would go? You know what I mean? Right. I mean, rockets don't kill as many people in some places, in some, in some cities, in like hot zones in the right. world, you know, as street gun violence kills people in this country. Yeah. So we consider ourselves these like this sort of like high minded first world country. And yet we can watch Nomadland, which is telling a one for one real real story about people who literally have nowhere to live in a country where people are worth one hundred and eighty billion dollars. Good job bringing it back around because I forgot that's what we were talking about. But that was my whole intention was asking you what you thought about it because that is exactly the the whole place my my brain went to and shall be the same after we we both really wanted to see it and we had heard these things and people were like oh it's not just it's very uplifting it's very it's very inspiring and i was like i don't know if i'm inspired by the fact that people have to figure out how to survive in the United States. Right. Like I think that in the United States, we should have figured out by now how everybody can survive. Like it's, there's a song I remember. It's not all that hard to survive. You know, like survival should be, you know, like that, you know, obviously I'm privileged in that it's not hard to survive. Right. Um, and I don't think it should be hard for most people. Obviously, there's going to be exceptions always. Yeah. There's homelessness in most places. But many countries like Finland or, you know, different Scandinavian countries have figured out how to not have very many homeless people. Yeah. And it's basically give them a place to live. Right, right. And people say, well, why would we give something to somebody for nothing? Mm-hmm. And it's like... a do you not think that putting them in prison or jail right. or whatever isn't giving them something for nothing? It's giving them a place to live. Yeah. And and and, and it's not the appropriate place. Right. Yeah, and while we're giving them a place to live, those that don't have a place to live, those that aren't being taken care of are out there doing severe damage somewhere. They're showing up at shopping malls with right. guns. They're showing up at elementary schools with guns. They're abusing their children. They're doing they're they're just losing they're just Living a living hell. Somehow. And that's enough to say we shouldn't be allowing this. Somehow somehow in this country, we've decided that if you haven't achieved success, it is 100% on you. And therefore, we shouldn't do anything about it. But that's kind of like a libertarian extreme, yeah. in my opinion. And I, I don't really think that we, we... We could do a whole episode on this. But anyway, that was kind of what I felt like mm. after watching that movie was... I didn't feel inspired. I felt kind of depressed. And I loved the movie. I thought it was really, mm. it, uh, it's really well done. It's its great. It's amazing and people should watch it. But I certainly, after reading the reviews and what people said and how beautiful it was and stuff, I was kind of like, I don't know. I didn't feel so good. I think that from what I've seen of it so far, it's beautiful. And again, I have not seen the entire film yet, but it's beautiful in the sense of like human, human beings can be beautiful at any stage, at anywhere that they are. Yeah. They, the, the struggle, there's, there is a beauty in the struggle. As long as the struggle 
doesn't cross a certain line. You know what I mean? Then it becomes something that that becomes uh, ugly, like like stomach churningly ugly. Yeah. Whether it be because society has has just pushed this person down so deeply, um, or this community down so deeply, or it's like a single individual just becomes so devolved that they can't control themselves. Something horrible happens. Then it becomes ugly. But I don't think that it, it, again. I've I've only seen half the film, but like. I don't. I see Frances McDormand's character as sort of beautifully flawed. I'm not. I, I empathize with her deeply. Yeah. Oh, f- um, for sure. And 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 the simple thing is, and this is where I feel like I find some. I found an escape to it was, okay, she clearly has no money. She's not like one of the people who's like, well, I've got, you know, fifty grand in the bank, and I got to make it last for the next twenty years, and I'll make some money on the side here and there she's somebody who literally has nothing yeah and is scared and yes. that's really i think where for me it it pulls at my heartstrings because i don't like i'm not i'm not uncomfortable with her fear i just don't want it for her yeah you know cuz she's a better person than this and 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 in many ways maybe she's a better person because of the fear perhaps perhaps the the, the feelings i had about the film are due to the fact that I and Shelby, you know, we went and did yeah. van life out of I've not choice. Done yeah. And so you see that and you know the difference between their right uh, experience and yours is tremendous. Like I'm I'm thinking I have a I have ten different ways I can get out of this yes. like tomorrow. Yeah. If I if we decide, oh my gosh, I mean, because there's so many things that can go wrong. Your van breaks down mm-hmm. totally, and yeah. you don't have money to replace the heat it. Goes out in the middle it. of a cold, cold night. Somebody yeah. gets really, really sick. Yeah, and you can't like. I mean, if you, I mean, you know, there is some of that in the film, but you can get really, really sick, and you don't want to be living in a van while you're dying of cancer or no. something like that. Right. But we have family, and we have friends, and people would, you know take us in but not everybody does mm-hmm. and uh so i guess that was it just made me uncomfortable that to see that and to know to yeah i, I think but, i kind of felt you know but therein lies i think for me the impact of of great storytelling yeah oh for sure you know because 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 what like when is it worthwhile to have spent 10 to $18, depending on where you live and where you're going to on a movie. If you're going out to a film, I don't go to movies because it's never worth it. It's so I, yeah. I do love the cinema. And so I, I would be going more often and I have gone a lot more often, but I understand what you're saying. You're right. Most but, of the time I wish I had my, you know, for two tickets or whatever it is, my like $35 and my yeah. two and a half hours back because I'm like, that was awful. Most of the time, you're yeah. absolutely right because that's the way films, you know. Yeah. But this is the mo- like when is it? What's the mo- one of the things I find, and, and it's something I didn't come to f- at, at realize necessarily right away. It's taken me a while to realize it. Is that if I'm walking home with somebody and we're talking about the film and we don't really realize we're it's not intentional. We're not being pretentious film goers. If it's just a, it's instilled that in us, we're talking about it now. The movie meant something. Yeah. 
And and unless we're just, I mean, obviously there's plenty of movies we talk about. There's just like, what the heck? What right. a dumb, you remember what they did in this scene? But you know what I mean? If you're actually yeah. talking about the content of the film and the yeah. filmmaking, and, and it so had impact. It was an important film to be made. I thought it was a good film. Yeah. It was just that I was uncomfortable and it was, and, but, but perhaps that's part of the intention. It's probably the, exactly it, the intention. It's just, I bet the it's director just that and, I read so many th- reviews where people said it was so uplifting and inspiring. It's interesting. And I want to like, see that. Ah, I didn't feel that, which is fine because I think that the experience of these people is important because there's something about our country. Well, because that's, that experience is right around the corner for you or me, or maybe not. We don't know. You know, we, one of us gets sick, something happens, something happens to one of our, you've had this experience. I mean, you've had this experience in your life. I mean, the, something all of a sudden all the things you thought were headed in your direction turned on a dime. And yeah. now all of a sudden you're dealing with something you never thought you'd be dealing with. I mean, with. most Americans I would say are like one severe illness away from bankruptcy. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's kind of, I think what surfaces mm-hmm. in the back of my mind when I watch something like this is that you feel you, one moment you're feeling comfortable in your, in your life. Yeah. And then you watch a movie like that and you're like, damn that could be me yeah and not that there's anything wrong with being any one of those people but i would like the choice rather than yeah you know because i that's a good point because the part that i one of the things i was thinking about was i was thinking about because of course i've got a like 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 many of us i've got a huge amount of pressure on me we've got a house loan and sure millions of other things yeah. you know about a lot of those things and and you're like oh you know it's kind of like looking at it's oh well, you know what it is it's the it's the song that the man in the corner shop by the jam oh, yeah. and it's the circular anyway so it's saying yeah we cut out for a second we're back it's it, it reminds me of the song a man in the corner shop by the jam which is a song that starts with you know the factory owner who's jealous of the man in the corner shop that he buys crisps from. And that guy is jealous of, you know, another guy. And there's sort of this, this circular jealousy. And it's not, I wouldn't say jealousy, but like envy. Oh, yeah. I have this pressure. I have these employees. Yeah. I got to worry about them in my business. And it's worth a lot of money. And this guy's thinking like, I don't have quite enough money to get by. I wish I was that guy. And everybody's sort of looking in each other's yards going like, yeah. oh man, his yard is beautiful. And that guy's going, his yard's so simple. Like, I would like to have his simple yard. This yard takes a lot to keep up. This guy's going, my yard is so simple. Wouldn't it be great to have this exciting yard like his yard? Look at his landscaping. He's got lands. He's got a water slide into his pool. I, You know, I did work and manage bike shops in college and then a little after, too, before I, you know, got a real job that paid barely more than the bike shop. But I do remember we had a we had a customer who came in a lot and he had money and he was an attorney and he always had nice bikes and it was always kind of like I was working on a bike that was something I could never have. Yeah. He was a nice guy, but I remember him saying one time, "Man, I just wish I could do your job." And I was like, "Yeah. Dude, I wish I could just have your money right. because like let me tell you, I don't have enough money to put gas in the car right now. So even though it was pouring rain today, I rode my bike to work. What's your number, Kevin? Like, how much would it take? Like, let's just say you worked your tail off, Wall Street, tech, whatever, and you're, and what's your number? Like, if you were like, if I just had X, 
So because it's not it's not a million dollars. No, no, it's I, more. Yeah, well, I mean, it depends. So, for instance, I could quit a big, high-paying job with a lot less than a million dollars. I would still have to do something. No, let's just no, no, uh, like okay. let's just call it like. If I just had, and I'm not talking, it's obvious to say you had $7 so, million. Like, so I want to be able to just not do anything, and it's just Shelby and Alexander and do I your can thing. Ju- yeah. yeah and, and the kid's going to go to college, and you're not going to be buying a new, necessarily a new McLaren every year, but you got you got all the coffees. Two you million. Want. Two million. Yeah, because if you're, you know, you go by the 4% thing, that's 80000 right? Two million today. Like two yeah, million right with what you owe and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I, could, I think that's right, and and that would that would not be living extravagantly because that's eighty grand. Yeah, if you take four percent, which is kind of like the thing, you know. They yeah, say, but you could also chip away at it because you're not you ain't gonna live forever. Right, that's true. And you, so you could take out a little more than four percent. He's gonna be a spoiled brat. You leave him two million. That's bucks. right. Yeah, he's not getting anything. So I take out five percent. That's a hundred thousand. That's six figures. We can make it on six figures. You do pretty well. Yeah, I think uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say. You got an extra thirty-five kid. million dollars, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> thirty-five. I, I could do thirty-five million. Right. I mean, well, I mean, it makes sense because you want to take out ten percent. That's three hundred fifty thousand yeah. a year. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the it's the because uh, you need to replace your Tesla annually. It's the Dom Perignon that does it, Kevin. Right. It's the Dom Perignon. <laughs> well, and if I could just get out of that, you don't like to worry about whether the Tesla batteries are going to go bad. You'd rather just replace the Tesla. Tesla every year. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I mean, it's like, you know, I can't sleep in the same mat. It's like, who wants to sleep in the same mattress and every week? How do you keep your wine and and a rare whiskey collection stocked? Right. On any less yeah. than like, you know, 100,000 a year. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I need to um I and then there's that like gold flake toothpaste I like. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and there's platinum jewelry. And the house you live in, it's like it's like a Dwell magazine, you know, spread. Well, no, that's the house that I have shot for Dwell magazine. I right. live in a different house. I wouldn't want anyone to go, you know. No, because you could fall off the staircase and die. Because of course, there's no railing. There's no railing in right. that house. Yeah, there's nothing. There's no safety in that house. No, and every everything yeah. there's is a bare electrical wires because they're cooler looking. And they everything look is uh, pointy metal and and uh, cement. It's basically yeah, and glass. Yeah. Yeah, the coolest thing that's I don't know if you've noticed this, but this is the cool the cool thing in architecture is now is if it could kill you, you need to have it in your house. And you need to have photographed children playing around it. Ah. Oh, I gotta I'm gonna find this movie. I'm gonna talk about it next time. I gotta figure it out. It was a movie, it was awesome. It, they they uh, it's based around a restaurant that's called like the ugly truth or I don't know what it is, but you go in there and it's like designed by the fancy architects and you like hit your head on stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> I did that once I went to an Ian Schrager restaurant in New York. It's part of a hotel. I can't remember the name of it. And I was there with a super rich guy who was a jerk. <laughs> he was such a jerk. I didn't know him. I was with other people and he happened to be along and I was sitting there waiting for our table and I had a wine glass you know, and you're sitting, this is not a joke. This is, so there's what these big sort of like round sort of support beams in the, in the, in the sort of area you're waiting. And the, and the bench that you sit on surrounds it, right? But it surrounds it sort of like offset. So 
it's wide enough to sit on on one, maybe like three people could, but then it starts to taper off as it goes around it. So you're kind of sitting on a sliver of it because you're let like five people and you're it's like, what like the heck is wrong with this thing? You're sitting on. And, the, and then they have the, the little tables that are just these little pedestals that are sort of, you know, whatever's in there. And they're slightly rounded at the top. So you're sitting your <laughs> wine glass with like a $17, $22 glass of wine because it's the cheapest one I could get. And it's like offset by maybe about six degrees off like center. And I'm going like, it's just going to slide off. And it was so nerve wracking that I couldn't even, I couldn't even enjoy it. I'm like, I just got to hold my glass and kind of sit on one cheek. And, and you know what? But that's the thing. That's what people do. They, rich people like, they like to sit on, they like to be uncomfortable. Well, that's, have you ever seen, I think it was, I don't know if it was Instagram or Tumblr or something. It was called the unhappy hipster, and no. it's basically uh, it's a recli- like, really comfortable recliner. It's like Dwell magazine photo shoots, but because because nobody ever smiles in a Dwell magazine photo shoot, right? And so it's like, or it's every- a really contrived smile, like it's like, oh, we're like make, we're roasting broccoli. To, <laughs> right. I mean, Brussels sprouts together. Me and my five year old. She's stirring it. We've never cooked in here because it's totally an awful place to actually cook. Right. It's been like steam clean right. every time we use it and my five-year-old's baking with me. They, they show these. It's it's like a modern dungeon and, um, you know, they're not smiling and it yeah. looks like if you fell, you would die. And <laughs> so it's every everything is like the, un, it's called the unhappy hipster and I'm sure you can still find it, but it's it's pretty entertaining. But hipsters, you know, they're so happy, though. I don't know how. That, it's like a real weird. It's so strange. Are they? They have lots of student debt. <laughs> they're very unhappy. On the next episode, hipster student debt. Okay, boomer. I'm that's Mark Dustin, and that's Kevin Ballman. And this is which one? Are we, this is are we recording? Yes. Yes.